We have the purpose that's set aside for Sunday morning and that which is set aside for Wednesday night. That's why we keep them both distinctive and, and different. Sunday morning, we take on topical uh, teachings, which we take, examine a topic and follow it through Scripture and go through different books and different characters and different people that had exemplified those things. But here on, on Wednesdays, we go into a different direction. We usually take on a book study or a character study when we take an individual and just follow their life through the Word of God. Now, in the last couple of uh, series we've done here on Wednesday night, we had an Old Testament book. We went through Esther. You all remember that one, short book, but we spent some time there. And then last time we were in the book of Ephesians, another short book, and we were in there for a while. So we're, with this one, I wanted to go back into an Old Testament book and check out some of the things that were in there. And so as we're, we were doing that, I came upon a book that I've been thinking about for a little while that um, we have never yet taken on in its entirety. We have looked at different parts of it, but never taken on the whole book. So we're going to take that on here in the next series of, of meetings we have here on Wednesday. And that is the book of Joshua. So if you would, turn over to Joshua chapter 1. Now when Moses took over for uh, leading Israel out of the land of Egypt, Joshua, of course, was one of his right-hand people. And the history that goes on there with Joshua before this is uh, not known a whole lot. There are some historians, though, that give us some indications of things that may have happened. But it is interesting that when Moses comes out, that Joshua is right there. Joshua is basically the military leader of the nation of Israel from the time they leave. Now, you know, you don't just put a novice into that position. You can't just take a novice and put them into that spot and say, all right, you're going to be the the um, leader of the army. So you go out there and you do the battles and the strategy and you be the general. So it would seem that somehow he must have had some experience in this before. And so there are some historians, uh, Josephus included. He was a first century Jewish historian. They reported tradition that Joshua once led an Egyptian army against the Ethi- against Ethiopia that he was actually a leader amongst the, the Egyptians as far as a military leader was concerned. And so when Moses looked around at who he had, he probably looked at Joshua as having the most military experience. And certainly he was a, a, a God-fearing man and one who sought after the Lord's counsel. And that may be why that Joshua was put into this position. Now, at the time of the conquest of Israel over the uh, people of Canaan, we have from history that there were many smaller city-states in Canaan, that the cities were well fortified, and we learned that from the Word of God as well, and that the people were warlike by the designs of the buildings that they had and the established draining systems and such like that. It shows a high level of development. There was also metalwork and pottery, and it shows that the people were pretty advanced. However, for all their advancement and all the material things that they had done in the area of uh, morality and religion, the Canaanites were pretty low. In Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 13, lists some of the religious practices that the people had done and that they were being deposed for. If you want to go back there and look that up. But we're going to be over here in the first book of Josh, or first chapter of Joshua. Joshua 1. Oh, and they... And I just moved past that spot. Hang on a second. Deuteronomy 18... 9 through 13. That'll give you the, uh, the indication there. So verse 1. After the death of Moses, 
the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now here he lists out what the territory of Israel is supposed to be. Israel never claims it all. They never, they never take it all. Even though God said this is all yours, they never get to claiming all that territory. Eventually, they will, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to take a look at some of the things that were here. We're going to see a number of promises that was given to Joshua in Verse 3, it says that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you, as I said to Moses. So here's a, a promise that was given, and we put this in your outline. Joshua had a promise in God's purpose. There was a promise of, in God's purpose. Joshua, this is my purpose for the people of Israel. This is my purpose for you. This is what I have purposed to be done. When God purposes something to be done, we've got to understand this is God who purposes it. We see in the, in the book of the Old Testament when they came to make the Tower of Babel that they purposed in their heart to do some things. And God even sit, took note that when they purposed in the heart, He said, boy, they can do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they purposed in the heart. Well, if man can, how much more can God? And so we have to understand and read the language that God has. That when God has a certain language, when he uses it, it is regarding his purpose. How many of you all know how to read the language that different people have? You know, different people have different languages. And we all speak English around here, you know, whatever native language that people may speak. But even using the native tongue, they still speak different languages. You know, you've seen some of those things that interpret, you know, what a woman means when she says this. <laughs> what a man means when he says, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not what they're saying. It's what they mean. We know what they, they mean behind it. But beyond that, there's also certain individuals. And when a certain individual says something a certain way, then you know, well, that means this when that person says it. And we interpret those kind of things. Well, God is, when God says certain things that enlighten us to his purpose, we need to take note. God has just revealed to me his purpose. And when God purposes, 
in his heart to do something. How many of y'all think he gets it done? So here's the purpose that God has set. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses. So I said this to Moses. I'm saying this now to you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, God, have given you. Every place. But you've got to tread there. You've got to go there. That's the purpose of God. Now, we want to take a look at a couple other verses. But once we get rolling on this, you can start rolling this yourself and just have some fun with it and go through the Word of God and begin to listen. Then when God says things a certain way, He is defining His purpose. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But according to his own purpose and grace, when the purpose of God is announced, the grace of God is there to sustain it. And when God's grace is there to sustain it, it's not about our works. It's not about whether I did it right. Joshua does not have to say, well, did I tread right? Maybe I should have used different boots. Maybe I should have gone in a different direction. doesn't matter. God just said, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you. And the grace is given as well to accomplish that purpose. 2 Peter three seventeen. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away by the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a purpose. This is purpose language right here. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Is it God's purpose that you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? It is His purpose. If God purposes it, the grace is there. If God has set His mind that this is going to happen, is it going to happen? Is there anything standing in the way of you growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? It could be, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because God's purposed it. So how many times have we come into a barrier between us and the knowledge of God. Between us and the grace of God. Has God also said that the gifts of the Spirit would flow? Are there barriers? Do they matter? It's God's purpose. It's God's purpose. God has purposed that these things would be so. So I want you to just see just this simple statement here. In 17 and 18, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. You see, the error of the wicked is to get you out of the purpose of God. The error of the wicked is to attract you into some other area, into some other direction. And don't do it, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. God gave the purpose to Moses. Moses, the purpose I have is for you to lead my people out of Egypt. 
God gave the purpose to Joshua. My purpose is that you lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And that every place on which the sole of your foot would be, I've given it to you. God has declared purposes. Now, a lot of us would like this uh, uh, angel, Jesus himself, to pop up and visit us and sit us down and say, this is my purpose for you. And we'd say, oh, God, if you just would do that. Oh, if you would just do that. Oh, I would. But you see, most of us aren't diligent with the promises he has given to us so far. If you don't be diligent with the promises he has given you in his word, why would he give you more? We've got to be diligent with those things. And as Brother Hagin used to often tell us, the greater the revelation, the greater the obstacles. The greater the revelation, the greater the obstacles. And he said, don't ever pray for visions. <laughs> because when they come, it means there's big trouble ahead to hinder you from getting there. Don't be messing with it. If God gives you one, He knows that you need it for whatever reason and it'll get you through. But you know, you've got a lot of purposes in the Word of God that He has given for the, in general for the body of Christ. And what are we doing with them? And how can I make a case before God that says, God, if you give me a personal purpose for my life, then I certainly will make good of it when I haven't done anything with the general ones. The general ones are for us to grow. How are we doing on that? The general ones are for us to minister for other people. How are we doing on that? The general ones are for us to be praying for other people. But a lot of times for Christians, we spend most of our time praying for ourselves. We see what the general purpose of God is, and we've got to pursue it. And so what we need to do is we need to begin to go through the Word of God and say, Father God, I want to see what is your purpose just the general purposes you have for the body of Christ because I want to find them and I want to do them. When you say it in your word, it's just like you speaking it to me directly and I'm going to take those words and I'm going to write them on my refrigerator, put them on my books, write them places where I can see it so I can keep coming back and doing these particular things. Joshua had a promise in God's purpose. There are purposes that God had for Joshua and they were promises to him. And there are purposes that God has for the body of Christ. And they are promises for us. In verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man shall be able to stand before you. How many days? All the days of your life. So as long as Joshua is alive, that day counts, doesn't it? And it says that no man... No man shall be able to stand before you. Can you imagine having that kind of a promise? No man, I mean, for a per person who's a general, a warrior, no man shall be able to stand before you. None. God is saying, Joshua, of all the men on this earth, none of them can stand before you. Just to get the power of that. There no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He didn't give him some generality to say, all happen to the end of your life. He said, all the days. Doesn't matter what day the number is, all the days of your life, no one will be able to stand before you. 
as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But here we have this. No man shall be able to stand before you. Joshua had a promise of God's power. He had a promise of God's power. Do we have a promise of God's power? Yes. <laughs> we sure do. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the de- by the devil, for God was with him. Well, the power of God was on him. The Holy Spirit was on him. As a man, not as God, but as a man. And Jesus even said to us, greater works than these shall some of you do. No, the promise was to us. If we would go out in the name of Jesus, we would do these works. So that power is coming on us. Acts chapter 26, verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. They were under the power of Satan that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There is a power of the enemy, but God's power is far greater. Far greater. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? How many of you have the gospel with you? In you? Anybody? It is the power of God to salvation. If you struggle to get people born again, if you, how many have ever thought, well, I just can't seem to get people born again. I've talked to people and we just don't seem to get there. It's, it's not happening. What, what do you have on the inside of you that's strong? The power of God in the gospel. We have the gospel. Trust in the power of God that's in the gospel. But how many of y'all been there when the, you run into an unsaved person and an answer comes to you about what they're asking about? And you be, oh, they don't want to hear this. Oh, this isn't going to mean anything to them. And you talk yourself out of it. But it's the power of God because it's the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Well, Paul worked in the power of God, and we are to work in that power as well. We are to go out into into the power of God. Joshua had a promise of God's power, and we have a promise of God's power. God's power will work with us. The Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power, that same Holy Spirit is with us. We have the promise of God's power. As much as we want to look at Joshua and say, wow, what a word. That's a great word. Oh, I wish I had a word like that. We've got similar ones and we can hang on to them because they're given to the body of Christ. Joshua uh, 1 verse 5 again. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Third one here, Joshua had the promise of God's presence. He had the promise of God's presence. As I was with Moses, so 
I will be with you. Joshua, you followed after Moses. You were there as right-hand guy. You saw how I followed, how I was there, how my presence followed Moses. Where he went, I went. Because he went where I went. I was with him. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He repeats this a few chapters later in verse 7 of chapter 3. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He told him that two times. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11, Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Boy, what a sentence. <laughs> Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. The God of love and peace. What God is that? That's our God. Yes. Our God will be with you. Is that not the same promise? Philippians 4 verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The Lord's going to be with us. He will be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The promise of His presence is with us. In the same way that Joshua had the promise of His power, of His presence, he, we also have the promise of His power, of His presence. We have the promise of His purpose. That the God has purposed some things and those purposes are promises for us. These are things that we have. Purpose. Presence and power. But there's another one yet. Verse 6. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua had the promise of God's faithfulness. God is faithful to His Word. That is a promise of God. God is faithful to His Word. And Joshua needed to take that. What God is saying is, I promised the people way back, the fathers. I swore to the fathers of this people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, even others, that I would lead them to this land. I'm going to be faithful to that promise. I'm going to do it. And you get to be the one who gets blessed by all that. You get to be the one who takes them in. For to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land. He's telling them before they've even stepped foot in there. See that land over there? You're going to divide it up. You're going to give it to these people. He's already got it divided. That's kind of like counting the money before you took it. Romans 3 verse 3, For what if someone did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? No. God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. 
but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He's faithful. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 18. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. But as God is faithful, God, and the word of God tells us this all the time, God is faithful. If God says something, he's going to do it. Another verse says, let, let every man be found a liar because God's faithful. God, God is truthful. God is faithful. What God says, he will do. He will do. So we see that there's promises from the faithfulness of God. There's promises on the purpose of God. There's promises about the presence of God. Promises in the power of God. They're all here for us. And the Word of God has lots of them right along those lines. Going back on over here to uh, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving, giving to them, the children of Israel. Hang on a minute. Lost my uh, spot. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Look at this. This is a command. Now therefore arise. Moses is dead. Y'all been waiting out here. They've been mourning for about a month. Now, therefore, arise. He's dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, get up and go. Let's go. That's a command, isn't it? That's not a promise. <laughs> That's a command. He's saying, go. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. He wanted all the people to follow Joshua over the land. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. That's not a promise, is it? That's a command. He's telling him, be strong and of good courage. You imagine somebody telling you that? If you feel weak, be strong. Yeah, like you could just become strong. Right? Well, apparently that's what he says. Be strong. We talked about being strengthened in the Lord. Looking at David, how David was strengthened in the Lord. He put it on. Be strong. And of good courage. If God is going to give a command, does he not expect it to be obeyed? Is God unjust in his expectation? Then what he is saying here to Joshua is something we also can do. Be strong and of good courage. Anytime that we feel like we ought to be weak, we can back down or afraid. We can go right back to here and say, be strong and of good courage. For to this people... You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. <laughs> Just a little different. Be strong and of good courage. Now we have be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe. 
that you may observe according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, that you may be careful to observe according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. We got This is something we got to do. Be strong and very courageous. Being obedient to God's word takes courage. It takes strength. It takes courage because the world is telling you you're missing out. Look what you're going to have it over here. Go ahead and just get mad. Go ahead and just get angry. No matter if you don't have a reason for it. You feel like it. Get mad. Get angry. But you're right. Is that what the Word of God says? How many times do you hear other Christians? No, of course, no one in this room. but Other, other people. Well, I just felt like it. Oh, well, that makes it okay. I didn't realize that you felt like it. I mean, if you felt like it, what are you going to do? Be strong and of and be very courageous. Be very courageous. You've you got to be able to do that because you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to bring you down as a person. That's their goal is to bring you down. They don't care too much about you just that you're in the way. You're doing something that they don't have, want to have done. Daniel was a problem for people because Daniel was getting all the promotions. And they didn't like that. They didn't really care about it otherwise. They just He's getting all the promotions. He's being diligent. He's being faithful. And they, boy, he just, he just keeps getting better. They're not going to stand back there and say, you know what, if God makes him strong, I wonder if God would do the same thing for me. Maybe I'm going to find out what he's doing. No, we're not going to do that. What are we going to do? Let's get rid of Daniel. If we get rid of Daniel, <laughs> do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Now look at this. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. Doesn't it sound like the prosperity is dependent on him not turning to the right or to the left? But remember the promises we had earlier? I'll never leave you. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. He had promises of power. He had promises of presence. He had the promises of God's faithfulness. But now he says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. So what's going to happen is Joshua, no man is able to stand before him. I wish we could get the, the full breadth of that. No man is able to stand before him. How many of y'all enjoy those movies where you got this, you know, the guy, the, the super spy, the uh, super warrior, the Rambo types? You know, how many of y'all remember Rambo? <laughs> I mean, who could stand before Rambo, right? Hey, he don't matter if you threw 10 people at him or 30 people at him, he's going to take them all down. It may take them three minutes or five minutes, but he will take them all down. There was never a question when Rambo went into the situation who was coming out and who was not. It was going to be Rambo. There was no question when you're sitting there watching the Born Identity movies, who is going to win? Are they going to get him? You already know the answer before you ever sat down and watched the first movie. You already knew what the answer was, right? They're not going to get him. Joshua is the same way. No man will be able to stand before you. Can you imagine going out into the battlefield 
No man is able to stand before you. None of them are able. Look at Jonathan. Jonathan went out there and said, you know what? We need, a, we need something going on here. Hey, but you and me, we go out there, we just take on the Philistines ourselves. And he does that. He takes his armor bearer and they go going out there and they call up to the Philistines. Hey, yo, we're up here. Come up here, let's fight. And he, he takes on the whole group of them. They all come on up there and he starts knocking them out. And he didn't have that promise that Joshua did. But he went out there and operated it anyway. But here it says, don't turn to the right hand, don't turn to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. It sounds like he's going to prosper anyway, doesn't it? But you see, just because you have a promise of God doesn't mean you can go against the commands of God. Follow his commands. Follow his commands. If you want to look at an example, that Samson's a good example of someone who doesn't follow the commands of God, but wants the promises of God to carry them through. That did carry Samuel, Samson through for a while, didn't it? But then eventually came to an end. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So God is telling Joshua, this book of the law, meditate on it day and night. I want it to be coming out of your mouth all the time. If you'll do this, you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. And yet God has already told him, no man will be able to stand before you. My presence will go with you. Power of God, there it is for you. I've got a purpose and you're in it. And he's got promises about the faithfulness of God. Because I promised I would be faithful, I'm going to do it and it's going to be done through you. I mean, wow, all that's going on. But he still says to him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So here's what I want you to get. If Joshua was given specific revelation by God coming down to him and making his appearance and saying, Joshua, here's the story. Here are my promises for you specifically. Not talking about anybody else. Talk about you right now. This no man shall be able to stand before you. None. That means a lot to a warrior. No one shall be able to stand before you. But still, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be careful to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So if God is telling this man who he gave these specific promises to, how much more does this have bearing on us? We need to be in his word day and night. Day and night. Thinking on his word. Just meditate on it. I'm going to do this word. I'm going to get this word down on the inside of me. Speaking the word out of our mouth. Constantly speaking the word out of our mouth. Just keep going over. Because you know it's easy for us to speak doubt and unbelief, isn't it? But speak the promises. Speak his word. Constantly going over, speaking His Word, speaking His Word, speaking His Word. What's your expectation on this? Well, it's what the Word of God says. No longer should people have to keep coming up to you correcting what you're saying. You should correct it yourself. Because you've meditated on the Word, meditated on the Word, meditated on the Word, meditated on the Word. You know it. You know it. It's not going to take you down. When doubts and things like that come in, not going to take you down. I don't need anybody to tell me that. I've been meditating on it. I've been going over it. I got it down. 
I know what it says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This man who has given these great promises, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. And beside that, God gave him commands. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. He gave him commands of things to do. Arise and go. He's given us commands to do as well. Let's read that again. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You want to have good success, this is what you've got to do. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and of good courage. Again, he says the same thing. Do not be afraid. Do, it, this is a command, right? How many of you women, when the spider shows up or the centipede crawls across the floor and you let out the shriek, you don't want to hear from the husband. Be strong and of good courage. Do you? You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear, do not be afraid. Can you imagine what would happen if the wife shrieked because a mouse ran across the floor and you hear the husband say, do not be afraid. <laughs> what would happen then? <coughs> now I have good reason to be afraid. There's a mouse and it's on the floor. <laughs> There's a spider. There's a centipede. And it just ran across. But see, he doesn't have that freedom with God, does he? Because he's already said, no man shall be able to stand before you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. In other words, whatever situation Joshua is to come to, do not be afraid. None. How many of you know situations that cause fear to rise up on the inside of you? You should practice not being afraid. I will not be 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 afraid. I've told you the stories, I think, before, but uh, for some reason when I was, I was a kid, haunted houses mesmerized me. I loved them. I loved the stories of haunted houses and ghosts and things. Oh, I... I thought they were cool. I wanted to get out there in the field. You know, you know, I read up on the ones that were in our area. The ghosts that were in our area. I knew, I still do know where the ghosts are that are in our area. I know where they are. I know some of the, I don't know all the stories, but I know some of them. I know some of the lakes and ponds that some of them float on. I know some of the houses that they inhabit. And I've read the stories of the things that would go on and the people that saw stuff. And I said, oh, I'd like to go in and see them. And I'm not saying I would go in there to see them because I, I wouldn't be afraid because I felt like I would be afraid. There'd be a ghost that would show up. And oh, but I wanted to, I wanted a good scare. I went through houses, deplorable houses, just for the thrill. Ugly, beat up houses because I wanted to, to thrill. I would read stories of these things. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm not sure how it dawned on me or what dawned on me. It dawned on me that Satan was behind these things. 
And once I found out that Satan was behind these things and they were really you know, just phonies in his kingdom, they lost all int- I lost all intrigue. No intrigue to him at all. No horror movies ever intrigued me. It's just like Satan stuff. I could go into a haunted house and for the time I would be there, those ghosts couldn't show up. And so it just lost all the fun. Going into haunted houses and haunted hay rides and all those things, no luster anymore. Lost it all. It's, like, it's just like it bores me. I would walk into some of these. I, I did go into a couple of those haunted houses and you walk into some of those places. I remember walking down one hallway and they set it up to feel like you were walking on rats and the rats were moving. And the tails were in the walls. But they, you would run across the tails and you could feel them. And I just walked on through. Oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. They would have things that would just, my sister, she was, she was, we went through one of them and she just was waiting for me to react to this thing and this thing just popped up. I just sat there. They just had no intrigue. I wish they did. Because I, I was so, so infatuated with these things. Then lost it all. Because nothing there. Well, you, you see, you can practice not being afraid. You can learn. We all have certain situations that cause fear in us. We need to practice not being afraid. afraid, Not giving in to the thing and saying, well, some things, you know, I'm just made to be afraid of. I'm just made to be afraid of spiders. That's all there is to it. I'm just made to be afraid of spiders. I remember times when I was little and if a spider got on my head, I was quick to get it off. Did not like the feel of that thing. And I just decided I'm not going to be afraid of spiders anymore. And I let them crawl on me. I, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. And I let the spider crawl on me. And you know what? I'm not afraid of them anymore. I can go. If you want to get them out of the house, I'll go and catch them, hold them in my hand, take them outside. Let them go. It's no big deal. I practiced not being afraid. I told you the story of my son when he was little. He's about seven years old. And we were outside in the, in the, in the house. We were over in Hatfield. And we had this big dirt mound. And we Somehow it came out that the worm was there and he was afraid of the worm. And something just rose up on the inside of me. I said, my wife still remembers these words. She'll remind us every once in a while. No son of mine is going to be afraid of worms. <laughs> and I went out there and got me some worms and I put them in his hand. And he held onto those worms and he was no longer afraid of worms. And my wife often tells a story when he came in from playing on the dirt mound. Looking in this pocket. Looking in this pocket. Where are my worms? <laughs> That's all that a mom had to hear. <laughs> that worms came in and they're no longer found. They don't know where they are. They didn't, didn't like that. But we can practice not being afraid. How many of y'all know situations that can cause you to have fear? Practice not being afraid. I will not be afraid of that. I am not going to be afraid of that. Because it's a decision. Look at what he says in this again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. That's a command from God. He said, did I not command you these things? Do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't come out in a situation and say, oh, I am so dismayed. I don't know what to do. Don't do it. Whatever situation we come to. He's talking for Joshua here in particular. If you come out into a situation and you see vast hills 
of armies coming against you. Do not be dismayed. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's the foundation of it. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Is the Lord your God with you when there are spiders? Yeah, He sure is. How many of y'all remember the uh, Indiana Jones? What is it that Indiana Jones feared? Yeah, and how many times he had to go through snake pits? <laughs> but he did it, did he? He went, all right, we got to go through it. We got to take care of this thing. We got to deal with it. He didn't like it. But he did. Be strong and of good courage. Stop letting those things that cause you to be afraid hinder you. Here's the reason. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Is the Lord your God with you wherever you go? Will he ever leave you? Will he ever forsake you? Ever leave you behind? Then why are we afraid? There is no reason to be afraid. There is none. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Pass through the camp and command the people saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given you. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, shall or gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all these and all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Joshua is going through a transition. They very much loved Moses who ruled over Israel, so to speak, for 40 plus years. And now we're transitioning to a new leader. Whenever you transition to a new leader, how easy is it to compare? Well, this leader doesn't do the same thing the other one did. The other one, he didn't speak to us like that. He spoke to us this way. And we always compare those kind of things and, and decide, you know, this, this sort of thing. And that can be very dismaying for a new leader. That can cause a new leader to have some fear. But God says, don't do it. I am going to, just the same way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Joshua is a different guy than Moses was. Moses was never a general. Joshua was. So you're taking a, a, a Moses who was not a general and a Joshua who was a general and you're going to make them overseer now. Going to be different styles, different ways of doing things. Well, Moses never did it that way. He's going to face these transition problems. But God says it's all right. But this first chapter is the thing that sets up the rest of the things that he was going to go on here. Because God gave him commands, some of them he repeated. But there are commands of God. Beside all that, beside the commands, there are promises that God had given them. 
and Joshua needed to heed the commands. Because even though he was given these great promises, God still said, these are the commands. You need to follow them. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Do the things that I've said. So we put this in your outline. If we know God's promises and know His power is with us and that His presence goes with us and that He is faithful. If we know God's promises and know His power is with us and that His presence goes with us and that He is faithful, how should this affect our attentiveness and diligence to His commands? When we go through the Word of God, we need to go through the Word of God in such a way as to hear about His promises. We need to hear about His power. We need to hear about His purpose, that God has a purpose for me. God has a purpose for us being here as part of the body. And I need to fulfill that purpose. I need to know that His presence is always with me. And that He is faithful. If I keep meditating on these things and going over these things and thinking on these things, is it going to have an effect on the attentiveness and diligence I give to His commands? It surely will. And that's why the enemy doesn't want you to have that kind of attentiveness. But glory to God, have it. It's going to affect Joshua in what he will do. God knew it would before he ever got started. This is where he spent the time talking with Joshua about these things. And we need to be just as certain. Joshua was a very special leader, someone God raised up for this particular time. He had a lot of experiences in the past, helped them out. But he has been Moses' right-hand man for 40 years. You've become the second in charge for 40 years. You can develop certain habits, as a second in charge can be. But now, he's the first in charge. You know, it's like going from an assistant coach to a head coach. It's a big deal. He's now the head coach, so to speak. This is where the buck stops. It's with him. Be strong. Very courageous. Be strong and a good courage. There were commands that went. There are commands that come from God to us. But when we read over His Word, we read over His, His promises to us, we've got to go through it with the idea... This is God's language when He's talking about purpose. This is the purpose that God has for me. When God talks about how He's going to move through people and work through people, is that not His purpose? Am I not a people? I'm someone that God will use. God will speak through me. God will use me. Why did Joshua rise up amongst the ranks? And get just God just liked Joshua better? No. There were certain things that Joshua put his ear to, put, that he was attentive to. Remember um, uh, Brother Keith Moore, he would talk about certain teachings that he had received. And they affected his life greatly. I think I shared this with you some time ago, but they affected his life greatly. And he would say, he would sometimes come before God and say, Oh God, how did you count me worthy to receive those teachings They affected my life so greatly. I see these other people that I grew up with. They don't have the same teaching. It hasn't affected their life. And God says, because I knew you would be faithful with it. Because I knew you would be attentive with it. And they began to think back and some of those same people. He brought some of the tapes 
Beckham services that had really ministered to him and he gave them to him. You need to listen to this. You need to go over this. And he'd come back to him a month later. Did you listen to that? Oh, no, no, I, I, I didn't get to it. I didn't get to it. See, some people, if you put something good in their hands, they jump at it. And they, they get everything they can out of it. And other people, you put the same good thing in their hands, it's like, oh, it's not really much. They don't count it as a whole lot. There are some people that they learn something from the Word of God and it's with them for weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years. And other people, they don't remember it tomorrow. Meditate on these things day and night for then you'll be, make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. The things that we learn from the Word, are we giving them our full attention? Or is it just the Word for this week? This is just what God showed me for this week. And, you know, next week will be something different. No, it needs to build. What I learned last year should be part of me, and I should be building on that for this year. Because God wants to take what I learned all these other years and this year and build on it next year. But i got to remember, if I keep forgetting things, it's not going to help. i got to remember. i got to meditate. It's got to have an effect. If I keep coming back to the same things and I keep having to have the same victories over and over and over, I'm not learning. And I'm getting distracted to the right hand and to the left hand easily. Don't do it. Learn that word. Get it down. No, 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 I already got that one down. I already know. I already know not to go into that one. <laughs> nice try, enemy. Mm-mm, not going there. Joshua chapter 1. It's one of those foundational chapters in the Word of God. Oh, we should get what we can out of this. Every once in a while, you ought to come back to Joshua chapter 1 and just read it again. Because it's imperative. It's imperative. A man that God made these kind of promises to, no man can stand in front of you. I will never have, there will never be a day I don't, I'm not there right there with you. Whatever you go through, I will be there. And yet he still says to him, meditate on the words. Day and night, meditate on them. Be careful to observe, to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. In the week to come, between next, next Wednesday, now and next Wednesday, meditate all that you can on Joshua chapter 1. Because what's in Joshua chapter 1, we will continually come back to as we go through the book of Joshua. Every time he faces something, we're going to come back to Joshua chapter 1 and see how did what happened in chapter 1 affect what happened here. We're going to keep coming back to it because we've got to see how this has an effect on us. Father, we thank you for the example of Joshua. What a phenomenal example he is. One of the heroes of the Bible. We thank you that you gave us some, in, some stories of his life and things that happened with him that we can learn from them. We can see the things that made him so successful and soared to the head of the class and seemingly have hardly anything that pulls him down. We thank you, Father, for examples like him. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that will help us learn from him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.